0: You're listening to the 12-2 Leadership Podcast. 12 minutes, two takeaways, empowering you to pursue excellence in all you do. Back to 12-2 where we say, do not be conformed to the powers of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to so you be able to test and approve of God's will for your life. Uh, my name is Justin, and we'll be together for 12 minutes, give or take, today, and we're going to leave with two takeaways uh, that will help make our lives better. Now... Pursuing excellence isn't for the faint of heart. It's going to require something of you. And I may not know exactly what that is, but hopefully today together, uh, we can we can help you better pinpoint what that may look like. Because after all, we all have habits. And you're probably thinking, man, that is the blatantly obvious statement of today. And you'd be right. And we also recognize that uh, we have good habits, You know, like brushing our teeth or showering daily. Um, And we also recognize that there are bad habits, things that we probably should stop doing and and work on getting out of our lives. Um, And one thing we also have to recognize about habits is that good ones are uh, difficult to get started. And the bad ones are often like hard to identify. and even more difficult to to quit. But in light of all this, too, we also have to ask questions along the lines of like, hey, how are our habits affecting us? How? Like, where did they originate from? When, where, how did they get there? Uh, do we, are we aware of them? Are are we aware of how they affect our lives? And there's one habit in particular that, that I'd like for us to talk about today, because I think it's one that we all have in common, whether we realize it or not. And it affects us every single day. And my hope for us today is that we can take a step towards recognizing this habit, but and also like some steps that we can take as far as like, hey, what what do we do about it? So a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, when I was in high school, um, there was this new technology that kind of that kind of came on the scene. And for those of you that, that may remember around this time, there was a website called MySpace. And from what I understand, MySpace still exists, but it's a much different animal than what it used to be. But essentially it was, at least in my world, in the world I grew up in, like the first real big social media platform, um, that people were getting on and it was new it was cool your friends were on it you could personalize your page with like uh, pictures uh, special color themes and probably the coolest thing of all is you could put a song on there that would start playing automatically when someone visited your page because after all when you're in high school, you know, your music tastes are what matter more than anything else. Um and of course you could you could become friends with people, you could share blogs. I think you could comment on other stuff. It's been a long time. I don't remember. Um, and so anybody who was a somebody had a MySpace. Well, until they didn't because of uh you know a few couple of years later a new kid arrived on the block and it went by the name Facebook. And so anybody who was a somebody had a MySpace and a Facebook now. And Facebook was a lot like MySpace, but just a little bit cooler. Like the graphics were a little different, it looked a little more refined and cleaner. Um, you now had this cool thing called a newsfeed, where you could see what everybody was doing just in, just on the home page. There, um, it gave you little notifications with these little red numbers that was really like enticing. You could comment on stuff. You could uh, uh, you could join groups, uh, and then of course the you know the infamous like button came to be, and so. Uh, you know when that like cute girl down the hallway likes something you're like oh she liked it what else can I get her like and uh, maybe maybe that was just me and (laughs) and, uh, you had like this whole new social structure of interacting with your friends and people you knew and it was really cool and before you knew it anybody who was a somebody no longer had a MySpace they only had a Facebook Um, and then uh, it, it grew from there, right? I think little did we realize at the time that our worlds have been changed forever, um, and we quickly found ourselves like immersed in other other you know technologies like this that later were coined social media. Um, you know, we had the emergence of Twitter and Tumblr. If I remember, Tumblr, YouTube, of course, and it's become like more of a social platform instead of just just video. I mean, it's just videos, but it's become a lot more social than it used to be. Um Foursquare anyone remember Foursquare you could visit places and check in and if you got enough check-ins you could become the mayor of that place and get like special perks and discounts um I actually had a friend who I don't know how he pulled this off but he managed to uh, become the mayor of a major like one of the major UGA dining halls and the best part is he didn't even live on campus he just drove there and ate there every day and he, he got like a free lunch every Tuesday so it was pretty cool And then, of course, I think Foursquare realized, hey, we're losing money, and they stopped doing that. But anyway, there was Foursquare, and then, of course, Instagram, anybody remember Vine, Google+, and then, you know, later Snapchat and TikTok, which we're all familiar with. And it was true for many of us then, and it's still true for many of us now. Like, social media became a new addition to our lives, and along with it came new habits of interacting with it. And anyone my age uh, can probably remember this, but what was the first thing you did when you got home from school? You went to your computer, you pulled up a web browser and opened up Facebook and scroll through the status updates. And of course, you checked your notifications that somebody liked something I posted recently, that they comment, what am I going to comment on? And this was every day. And then you know, you'd know you leave for a few hours, maybe go eat dinner, go do homework, play outside, something like that. And then you'd come back and check again to see if someone had liked your post. And then you'd update your status again. Done with dinner, you know something stupid like that, and see if somebody liked it. But there was always one or two people who did. So you kept doing it, right? Um, And then you would check it on and off where you went to bed, and it was the first thing you would check when you wake up, uh, because, you know, somebody was going to like or comment on something while you were asleep and you didn't want to miss it, and then you wake up, and of course they didn't, because they were asleep too, but anyway. um, And then that began to change a little bit too, because then along came the smartphone and unlimited data plans, and then for the first time and before we knew it, we had access to all of these platforms everywhere and all of the time and it was just at the edge of our fingertips reach down in your pocket there's your phone there it is and you could access it almost literally anywhere and now we also because of this had something that we could that could draw on our attention anytime like anytime we had some downtime anytime we were feeling lonely or upset um and maybe even time we were just playing bored. pull out the phone start scrolling and before we knew it, our brains began to really like this tiny dopamine dopamine hits that were that we got every time we were notified somebody liked something or commented on something or something was updated um, or something we shared was liked or shared again. And with this too, uh, as we began to be on this more and more, it became easier and easier to communicate with people. Without the pressure of that face-to-face interaction, so we became bolder in our opinions. Um, we became more tolerant of saying things that would normally come across as hurtful, and not recognizing that they would because we were we were writing on a web page, forgetting that there's somebody we were writing to on the other side of it, right? Um, and then, of course, the mindless scrolling uh, through various news feeds, you know, highlights, updates, whatever became a pastime and it became a habit and the next thing we knew we couldn't stop, right? And then the anxiety and the restlessness set in and then the discontentment and envy set in. Why hasn't she responded to my comment? Uh, I only got a few likes on this post. What did I do wrong? Why don't people like it? Dude? Does that mean they don't like me anymore? Why did this person unfriend me? Why wasn't I invited to that event? It looks like everyone else was. Why was I left out? When was I removed from the group? Why didn't my friends tell me that was going on? Um how is my ex already dating someone new? Uh, how, can, how can they afford a car like that? Why is my life seem to always be going worse than theirs? Why is theirs always better than mine, right? And then maybe even this progressed a little farther. Like, why am I having trouble sleeping now? Why do I so often feel down in the dumps? Why do I have so much so much of a hard time focusing on anything? Why am I unhappy? Why do I feel so lonely? And why do I feel dirty after getting off my phone? Why can't I put my phone down for longer than five minutes at a time, if that long, right? Any of this ring a bell, there's a good chance it does. Um, uh, And I imagine a lot of us can relate to this. I can certainly relate to it. But if if this has been your experience, the good news is you're not alone. And the better news is is there's something we can do about it. But if this is like if you're talking as we're talking about this, if you're feeling a little bit of tension, then that means it's probably time for you to check your blue light appetite. That's right. It's time for you to check your blue light appetite. Now, the reason we're calling it the blue light appetite is because blue light has become kind of like a generalized term to refer to the to the type of light that your the screens on mobile and electronic devices give off. It falls within like the the blue visual spectrum. On the on the you know the greater light spectrum you know before you start getting into ultraviolet and uh, and it has a very distinct way of stimulating the brain which and there's been plenty of studies that show that a lot of blue light activity before you go to bed makes it hard to sleep because of that um, and then of course we're calling it an appetite because let's be honest this is what it is like social media has become habits in our lives that are insatiable, that we keep going back to looking for more and can't quite figure out why we can't find it. So we call it the blue light appetite. Um, now, quick disclaimer on this. I don't necessarily think social media is all bad. There are certainly some positives to it, um, especially if like if you own or run a business or like if you have friends and family who live miles away, it's a great way to, to keep in touch and get in touch with people. Um, But while we don't have like a lot of time to deep dive into this today, which is really unfortunate because it's really fascinating. There have been ample studies and research done that link mental illness with unhealthy social media use. Um, And some researchers even claim that anxiety and depression among Americans is at an all time high and that there's a direct correlation between that statistic and unhealthy social media use. Does that mean that uh, that those things always come from social media? Of course not. But if you're experiencing like kind of like this undercurrent Of discontentment and restlessness, and it seems to be exacerbated by your time spent on your phone or on the internet, then there's a good chance you need to check your blue light appetite. And so, hopefully, we can help with that today. Um, Not to mention that all social media companies profit through their ability to keep your attention on their platforms and to keep it there longer. And to keep you coming back, they have to come up with these creative ways to ping the parts of your brain that release that dopamine, which makes you feel good. And much like an addiction over time, like more interaction with it is required to get that same amount of of dopamine, but your tolerance also increases so it just doesn't hit like it used to. And then the result is like an an insatiable habit that kind of leaves you feeling dissatisfied and discontent. It's like drinking salt water when you're thirsty. That's exactly what it is. And so the question now we have to ask is, what do we do about it? How do we check our blue light appetite? Well, the first way is we have to learn what our screen time actually looks like. There's usually a little bit of a disparity between what we think it is and what it actually is. The good news is your phone has features to help with this. If you have an iPhone, you you, you engage the screen time setting, and I think it's called um, digital well being. if it's on an Android. And basically it shows you what you're, where you're spending your time and when on your phone. And you can look at specifics like the app, categories of apps, everything. And the cool thing is you can set limits on it. So that's probably what you wanna do. Um, if you're not sure where to start, maybe pick your social media apps and set them for an hour each day. If you wanna maybe an hour total. So if you got four, 15 for each, right? And, and then your phone will do the rest. It'll It'll like shut off the app when your time limits hit. It'll let you know how much you're spending on a daily or weekly basis and it'll give you reports on all this too and this is very important because knowledge is power if you can figure out what your screen time actually looks like then you can plan accordingly to adjust it and that leads us to the second thing which is we're going to select one of those problem apps and take a deep breath delete it oh i said that that's right you're going to basically style the app and then delete it from your phone now also recognize that for some of us we have to have social media for our jobs and for our livelihood and that's okay But maybe you still need to remove it from your phone and leave it to where you can only access it from a computer. We've always got the phone in the pocket. It's really easy, low barrier of entry there. It's a lot harder to carry your computer around in your pocket, pull it, open up, pull it up, find some time, connect to the Internet and open up a browser. So that's a good way to lower that barrier of entry and make it harder to access this stuff. And that way you access it when you need to and not just when you're mindlessly reaching for your phone, right? and if you need even more help with this take a bigger breath after a week or two we're going to delete another one um and if you're really desperate and like hey i really got a problem you're going like let's start deleting those user profiles and accounts and then delete that um, and granted that may not be what's appropriate for you but either way you've got some options and the point is to start working towards a healthy relationship with your social media um and then you need someone who can, who you can trust and confide in, who can basically check in on you and encourage you along the way. After all, giving up a, a bad habit is hard. Uh, for a lot of this, this borderlines, I dare say, on an addiction, and you can't overcome that stuff on your own. You need someone to help you through it. And here's the great news. Like, like, um, we actually have the ultimate support in any of this kind of stuff, whether you're giving up social media or anything else that's really available through Christ and as the apostle Paul writes like for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ so like in any of this stuff even if you're if you have an addiction to social media or if it goes beyond social media you have an advocate who is higher higher than you who can help you through this should you choose to confide in him um and it's that simple and by the way i personally have lived all of this i have been on both sides of the equations and i have been on a journey of reducing my social media interaction in my life and here's the crazy thing is when i started doing it my biggest fear was that I would miss out. Like I'd miss out on connecting with my friends or I'd miss out on what's going on in the world or, or just basically miss out on anything and everything. And the honest truth is that has not been the case. The only thing that I've really missed out on is that comparison trap and good riddance, right? Like I no longer find myself looking at what everybody else is doing and thinking I'm behind or that I don't have enough or that, Hey, why do they get all that? And I don't envy jealous. Right. And, um, the cool, the really cool thing is now, like, because I have a healthier relationship with the internet, uh, it's led to like a healthier self self esteem and self image, which has also led to healthier relationships with the people close to me. And so I mentioned earlier that pursuing excellence is going to require something of you, maybe it doesn't require everything we've talked about, maybe it does. Um, But the question I want to leave you with is, are you ready to check your blue light appetite? Um, And could change your life. So are you ready to check your blue light appetite? Well, that's all we have for you today at 12-2. As always, we thank you for joining us. If, if you like this content or if you found it helpful, please like and comment below, share it with a friend. And of course, as always, uh, we'll see you same time, same place next week here at 12-2. Thank you.